Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Podcast. My name's Matt. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> On this week's very special show, we have a little treat for you all. The one and only Geordie Paul is back. I'll read. Not so little from where I'm sitting. Uh. <laughs> and on this week's episode, we review Jordan Peele's Us. Our something to scream about is our favourite 70s horror movie. And our movie from the vault is The Candyman. Candyman, 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 Candyman. Where the fuck is he? Is oh he... no, you <laughs> said it now. You've done it. Yeah. How are you doing, guys? You right? <laughs> yeah, great. Thanks for having me back on. Oh, it's bloody lovely to see you, mate. Yeah, it's good, good to have the third wheel. Yeah. And you boys are off to uh, somewhere special this weekend. Yeah, that's right. So, in honour of uh, someone on the podcast turning 40 this year. Not Matt. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to Walker Stalker Con in uh, the XL in London. So, we're that's very excited for that one. Can you wait, man? As you would say in I your land. Gonna be proper good, pet. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> right. It's going to be one of those, so bear with us, guys. So, let's get on to some news. Right, well, I'll kick, I'll kick <laughs> Are you going to kick it off? Yeah, I'll kick this bad boy off. So, to start off with, I had a little bit of um, news from comingsoon.net. I found uh, Lizzie Kaplan is to star as uh, Misery's Annie Wilkes in oh, Castle Rock Season 2. Yeah. So, we haven't seen watched the Hulu series yet. Well, we haven't um, had the... the, the the means um, yeah because um, yeah. we, we, we're not gonna fucking torrent that shit i mean whatever that means but you know <laughs> we want to support the support everyone but yeah we haven't had the means yet but obviously Liz, lizzie kaplan is um uh, probably a big pool probably a bit prettier than kathy bates <laughs> i don't know like <laughs> what's wrong with kathy bates uh, come on depends if you like broadbacks <laughs> so i mean it could be an interesting one but yeah that's that's uh that's a good little pool Obviously, this, we've got some big news in a minute. We're going to talk about it now. Stranger mm. Things season three trailer. How do you feel about it? Off. Amazing, brilliant. It gave, awesome. it gave me a little bit of a glow inside. It made me feel quite warm and uh, happy. You know when you get that strange sensation in the you know like the middle of your gooch, <laughs> and it just sends like tingles up your spine. Like when you watch a trailer and you know there's the hairs on your neck stand up. Oh. Yeah, hairs on my balls literally yeah. stood up. Yeah, it's just it's just hilarious. So I loved like the comedy value of it was just yeah. brilliant. The the music, the pimp, oh, like um, teenage teenage wasteland. wasteland. Yeah. the way it sort of kicks in and in it sort of meets the strange things, um, iconic sort of intro music. I just thought it's just epic. It looks epic. The new characters look epic. I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it, it just looks like, again, it's just going to build on what season two built on season one, yeah. if that makes sense. It just looks amazing. Okay. And great for a trailer. Gives you just enough without yeah. giving everything away. So yeah. I'm really just, excited for You it. can tell, though, even from the trailer that they've just been given all the money. Yeah. July 4th, then, is when we're seeing that. So yep. we've got, I've got to survive till then. Please, Candyman, don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, there's another bit of news along I with... I does get you. Carry on. <laughs> There's another bit of news along with Strange Things. There's a um, Strange Things Free The Game, which arrives on July 4th. Mm, cool. I'm going to show you a little picky here, um, and you might a little, little bit melt. So it's going to be on PlayStation, oh, Xbox, like all that sort of. 8-bit. Yeah. Oh, nice. It looks like Streets like of Rage. Streets of Rage, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that. So I'm going to be purchasing that. Have you, not, have you already not played the on, the mobile game? Like Ooh. the top-down one? No. Oh, there's already a Stranger Things mobile game, Paul. 
and I did not know. Have I just blown your mind? Yeah, yeah, it's actually really, really good. You need to download it. It's, it's actually really good. It's like a top down, as if you're playing Zelda, and you go into little dungeons and stuff and get keys. Why aren't you here every week? Sorry. Say. <laughs> um, okay, so that's pretty, pretty sweet. Strange things. It's just we're going to be talking about that on every episode. I think when July when that comes out, <laughs> you have to do an episode rundown. Yeah, there's a some interesting news here. Michael Rooker has been put into a new horror movie. Obviously, you remember he did Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, fucking yeah. epic. Obviously, Walking Dead. Yeah, obviously. Right, but he's fucking awesome. But and he cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm not. And let's not forget cliffhanger. <laughs> fucking great movie. Michael Rooker will basically fight his way through the monster apocalypse in Monster Problems. It's oh, called. Oh, nice. So it's a new monster movie being produced by Sean Levy's Twenty One Laps, aka Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it cool. all like ties in. A little bit of synergy for once. Synergy. synergy. Wow. Yes, so that's going to be. Um, I put that on the watch list for later on the year. Nice. Um, I've got one last bit. I saw this on, pop up on Instagram. Um, it says awesome alert. The dead don't die. A zombie dry comedy from legendary director Jim Jarmusch. I don't know how to say it. With an insane ensemble cast including Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Chloe Savini. Tilda Swinton, mm. Steve Buscemi, and Selena Gomez yeah. gets an official release date of June 14th. Yeah, so that just popped up, didn't it? Fuck is, yeah. it is it Netflix? Uh, or is it general release? Oh, let's I think it's Netflix. I'm sure I read it's Netflix. Oh, but fuck, I haven't got it that. It might not be, but we're looking to that. All, all four. We've got Zombieland 2 later on in the year. Yeah. Bring on the zombie movies yeah, for me. Yeah. That's good. That's a good bit of news. I didn't yeah, know man. some of that. That's really cool. Oh, you, what, you, what you got? Perhaps? Well, speaking of zombie news, there's a cool trailer dropped for a, f- a, z- a new zombie film on Netflix called Black Summer. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> actually, really good. So, uh, um, it's the not the Shambling Walking Dead zombies. It's the Twenty Eight Days Later Run at Yes Go Shadow Zombies. Paul's pulling his face. Is that yeah, less scary? I like Twenty Eight Days Later. I like I like the Twenty Eight Weeks Later. Robert Cartlow, fucking awesome. But yeah, Dawn of Dead again. The remake. I love. Don't mind the fast zombies as long as it's done right. It's just, I know in that situation, I ain't going to survive. Yeah. If they're running, I'm fucked. It's because you've got yeah. no legs. I don't know. Well, to be fair, if they're walking, you're fucked. So, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the other bit as well, another film, Netflix are banging them out at the moment. Um, it's basically billed as a cross between Bird Box and um, A Quiet Place. And it's called The Silence. And it's got Stanley Tucci in it. And it looks like these creatures who react to sound, and yeah, a family trying to escape them. And it, it, so, like I said, it looks a cross between them two movies. Obviously, Netflix hit the, the jackpot with Bird Box earlier on in the year, so hopefully this, this one might do it. This is the thing with Netflix: it's just like we don't know their schedule, so it's like overnight, boom, there'll be a film. Yeah, it and feels like they've like, just made a film yesterday, and all yeah. of a sudden it's available. So this is the thing: they don't really give out a schedule. Sometimes it leaks, sometimes it doesn't, and it's just like. It's really weird. It's just like, but it's great. I'm not, not you know, not knocking it. It's brilliant. But it's just so funny because it ju- it will just drop out of thin air and it's just like, oh my god, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so hang on, like, um, the silence. Yeah. How the hell did you hear about this? Uh, I saw it just online about forty five minutes ago <laughs> while I was just checking through my phone. So I think it's out in April, I believe. Okay. Because if you've got a source for Netflix, like future Netflix movies, we might want... I will not be able to reveal my uh-huh. source. Um, but I checked out that Black Summer. 
So that's a TV series, yeah? Eight part, eight part Is it a TV series? I thought it was TV a film. Series. Oh, no, wow. Eight part All right. TV series. Oh, even better. So on Netflix, yeah. Nice that's, one. So that's awesome. I need Geordie Paul's contacts <laughs> to I find out my sources, yeah. what the fuck is coming on Netflix. And the only other bit that I wanted to talk about, it's not really news, but you've talked about it before, but how good does Brightburn look? Oh god! Well, I cannot wait to see that. We saw a new trailer. I'm guessing you. Well, I saw a trailer today for, after in, watching... in the cinema. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it gives probably too a bit much. too much away. Yeah, it's what you said. But right? it yeah. still just looks amazing. I can't wait. I hope mm. it's brilliant. New poster dropped today, which looks insane. And I still, I just love how the trailer mimics Man of Steel. Completely yeah. mimics Man of Steel, but then just goes tits up halfway through it. It's brilliant. Yeah, can't wait for that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be absolutely brutal. Come on, then, Matthew Cartner. We've just bought the news. Geordie Ball's bought some fucking epic news. What you got for us, bitch? I've got a couple of little bits, a little bit different than your boys. Uh, I like to go a little bit off piece, you know. As a connection there, your skiing and all that. Um, there is plans to make a Ghoulies book. You know the Ghoulies. There's uh, apparently uh, a fan, a mega uber fan, is bringing out. Uh, a Ghoulies book and it's going to contain photos, interviews with the cast, never uh, never seen before photos uh, newspaper kind of like write ups of back in the day when it first came out Um, and it's rumoured to come out uh, this Halloween which is pretty cool but I would imagine it'll be like a limited run book. So it's like a fan homage remember that like book I bought at London Film Comic Con on being human when you laughed at me it's that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. That's because you had like a, about a 45 minute conversation with some lady author and I was just stood there twiddling my thumbs that's why. It's just being, being human is awesome. Yeah so. I'm not doubting that but I don't want to stand there for 45 minutes on my own. <laughs> but anyway yeah, but I, I saw that and I just thought that sounds awesome. That's right on my street. So yeah, that sounds I'll be that definitely purchasing a copy of that when it comes out. Um, the other bit of news that I just had to talk about off the back of our last episode, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to it. Uh, but uh, regards to Alien, there was a high school called Bergen High School in New Jersey that did literally a, a play of Alien. And I don't know if you boys have seen, saw you I've seen re- bits of it. Yeah, yeah, I saw you repost this. Unbelievable. Yeah. These kids at the school, not only did they have a class trailer for it that they made that looks unbelievable. God knows what they've got, like, um, you know, that they're using at their school. They must have the best cameras and everything. But then their arts department and their crafts and all their, like, special effects, they literally made this stuff um, out of nothing. And it's like, this is full-on xenomorph aliens face huggers suits and guns and god knows what but they've made it all themselves and it just looks astounding can you imagine when you're at school and you've got the option to be able to come up with your own dramatization and you pick you're able to pick alien and it just looks insane but off the back of that ridley scott wrote them a personal letter and sent it to their school and then Sigourney Weaver did an Instagram video saying how like astounded she was and everything. How cool is that? But it's just I just thought it was worth a mention because it is. If you if you haven't seen it, go and check out our our Twitter feed because it's on there and it's just fucking insane. That's <laughs> that's insane. epic. Did Ridley Scott send them a letter saying, "Well done, the play you made was better than Prometheus and Alien Covenant put <laughs> together." <laughs> but 
you Harsh owe me £25 million. Pounds <laughs> yeah, 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 right. <laughs> I'm going to sue your ass. Yeah. <laughs> my, my lawyers will be in touch. The, yeah. well, the bit I saw, the bit I saw was actually quite cool because they had they had like um, the actual film playing in the background. So I saw the bit where the alien gets blown out the airlock, and um, it was shown the actual part of the film on the screen above mm, it. So yeah, I just yeah, thought it was yeah. really professionally it's done, just really clever. But I did when I was watching it, I thought, did what would have been better if they didn't advertise it was an alien play? They just said, oh, like, and they got all the families around and said, come and see our high school play. And you know, they're thinking, is it going to be like Oliver Twist or is it going to be a Christmas carol or something? And all the nanas and granddads sit there to watch like their grandkids. And all of a sudden, there's just face huggers and chest bursting. I love that. Yeah. I bet, I, bet loads of, I bet there was loads of people in the audience that didn't have a clue. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. I guarantee you. But it was brilliant. It was good. Um, another bit of news, unfortunately, a bit of sad news. Uh, but Larry Cohen has died, uh, which is really sad. He's eight, he was eighty-two years old, but still, that's still young, really. Uh, but he did the films like obviously the stuff, It's Alive, uh, Maniac Cop, uh, and he wrote Phone Booth as well. The, that was you know quite groundbreaking in those days of what he did with that. Yeah, Maniac so, Cop, obviously with Bruce Campbell. The yeah. stuff is legendary. Yeah, what what a real real shame. Uh, which leads me on to a bit of a lighter note, which is the uh, In Search of Dark- Darkness eighties horror documentary. Obviously, he is on this. I do believe. Which yeah, he's is, got which a, is really cool. Yeah, they got him before. That's brilliant. Yeah, and obviously they've had a big announcement that they have got. The great John Carpenter. Wow. Well, that's going to be a talkative one, isn't it? <laughs> well, my well, answer's I can, I can nods. imagine. He, he'll be better on that sort of thing. I'm so, I've heard him on other podcasts. Yeah, so. yeah. Obviously, we were um, whisked through when we uh, met him yeah. earlier on the year. But great chap. Just, uh, I just wish we had a bit of time with him. It would have been nice. So it'd be nice to see. It'd be nice to see them doing uh, doing an interview. I, yeah. I mean, I, I would like to talk all day with that chap. Yeah, and and you know uh, they're doing great, great stuff there. So if you haven't got involved with them, go and do it straight away. Ends on Sunday. Yeah, which so, is probably too late now. If you're listening o- to this. Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but never mind. <laughs> we've warned you enough. Yeah, we've given you enough time to get involved with that. So Any more news? I haven't got anything. So I mean, I'm really, really chomping at the bit to uh, move on to our next section so without further ado let's move on absolutely this week we've been to watch the movie Us and the latest Jordan Peele movie starring what's her name what is it? What did you say her name, Matt? Lupita Nyong'o. Is that's, that right? That's closer than I thought you were going to get. To be honest, but... uh, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, uh, Tin Hendika. A family's serenity turns to chaos when a group of doppelgangers begin to terrorize them. Talk to me, Matt. So this is obviously the second movie from Jordan Peele. Obviously, a lot of people have seen Get Out and groundbreaking piece of work the oscar winning got it yeah obviously the oscar winning uh get out and this is his second movie obviously a bit more money it is a a talking point that's for sure 
I haven't stopped thinking about it since watching Yeah, it. this is the thing. It's that initially when I came out of it, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know whether I liked it. I didn't know whether I loved it. Um, I definitely didn't hate it, that's for sure. Um, and I just got to talk about it because I haven't really talked about it. I haven't actually talked about it to anybody. Yeah. Till now. So this is what this, I'm excited to talk about this. So let's run down the, the sort of, um, the new, I suppose the, the main things with music, music, musicality, mm. fucking incredible. Yeah. Songs from like the Beach Boys to like NWA. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. bit was, um, the, yeah, the bit with uh, NWA in there is fucking hilarious. Let's not, let's not skip too oh, far ahead. <laughs> um, a great, again, he's got such a unique style of, sh- of like, um, direction yeah. and like filming you can see that he has great care and attention yeah he's got a great cinematographer yeah like on board I can't remember his name but he's done oh yes he's done um, It Follows oh okay one of his movies that makes complete the, the sense guy. so yeah exactly when I, I found that out and um, basically yeah the, the cinematography it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Some of the some of the shots and the. It's just it, for me that I mean, I, I it was obviously I've just seen the film today, yeah, fresh, so this is fresh. like proper just it's stung into my brain now, um, and I only actually I'm ashamed to say it, but eventually I only saw Get Out two weeks ago, um, <laughs> so this is all brand fresh, but Jordan Peele definitely has a style, Stephen. It's probably interesting that there's something to scream about is about 70s movies because it's like watching an old-fashioned horror film. Yeah. Like you mentioned music. It's all the like sharp piano, like yeah. the, bits the, the jarring music. It just doesn't make you feel comfortable. You always think there's something around the corner. They did it in Get Out mm. and it was always like just not a dramatic score or anything but just like a note of a piano here and there and it just jolts you and thinks, I'm not something's not right and I don't know what it is and I'm and I just watching us today it was just the score was oh, it just, don't you think just, he mixes like the, the, the not only with the music the actual score so at the start you get this sort of like like brilliant piano work and brilliant yeah. composition but then like later on in the actual film you get this you get these like songs which we which everyone just at the moment is just loves putting real good music to movies you see it on Guardians of the Galaxy and all yeah. that sort of stuff mm. and Baby Driver you know it's uh, we talked about it in the past but he mixes it up and the way he puts like suddenly has the burst of the Beach well, Boys got, and stuff it's that timing element isn't it he's got like like I said when you, you first, it opens to this dramatic like almost Ormanesque sort of classical like, me of, like qua- yeah, yeah, and like, that sort of stuff mm. you know and, and you're right it then suddenly jumps into NWA and you're like but I think obviously John Peel um is com he's got comedy background. It's like that's where he's come from. It's comedy. I don't know if you've ever seen Key and Peel. It's hilarious. But I haven't actually. No, it's actually really really funny. Um, but it's I think he's got that as a, he's obviously it's interesting that he went into horror from comedy. Yeah. But it plays so well because there's some hilarious bits in this. But like yeah. I laughed a lot in this the yeah, film same. as well as being the a- terrified. I yeah, I suppose the acting that you've got to talk about as well because it's so. You had some, like, like kid actors in there, some new, um, some fresh new faces and stuff like that haven't yeah. been on there. Like in, introduction again, like we saw in Hereditary last year, like, the introduction of like the child actors, and the child actors in this, like twins, and stuff in here, they were great. The da- daughter and son, they were mm. fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. 
the feeling of family in connection between between them. Like the, just even the car ride at the beginning. Yeah. It was just brilliant. There's just so much banter. Played off for each yeah, other. Yeah, it was brilliant. Very believable. Yeah, and very... the doppelgangers, man, they were they, they were played with the girl doppelganger, the little girl. Honestly, crazy. The doppelgangers in this movie, they we they obviously gonna, they, obviously, they obviously played straightforward. We are going to talk spoilers. Yeah, so <laughs> they they just... played two two characters essentially. Yeah, each of them played like they're uh, two different versions of themselves, and for like kid actors to be able to do that and pull it off and for it to be believable I thought it was incredible mm. yeah I really sort of um, enjoyed yeah, it, it that it just drew on like I mean there's a lot like the, the the little the lad his doppelganger very exorcist spider walky very jolty very you know it, it reminded us of the strangers yeah. it was very it, it's very I, home invasion movie yeah and it, it really unsettled us like this, this it really is, unsettled me this is what I I mean, I only saw one trailer for this movie because I didn't want to watch the second trailer. So I went into it not really knowing what the hell it was about. Now, the first trailer, to me, made it feel like it was going to be an out-and-out like home invasion movie and nothing else, which I thought was brilliant because it was just it totally just done a heel turn and just made it something completely different. But going back to the characters, uh, about, again, the child character, uh, characters especially unbelievable piece of like acting it's like where did they find these kids man just amazing um so let's go into this little bit of the plot then i mean this movie is completely layered it's got depth the symbolism and nods again i mean and how he handled it he he clearly has a love for horror well yeah it's not only horror he he is a major geek major geek i mean let's talk about that talk about the beginning matt yeah. What, what, what do we see at well, the beginning? Yeah, the, the beginning is just like, obviously, it has that shot. Again, this is weird. It reminds me of Climax, the start of Climax. Because yeah. there's a shot of a TV and uh, it's got, um, obviously, VHS cassettes down the sides. Yeah. Like, was it Chud? The right stuff. Goonies. Goonies. Goonies, yeah. And uh, the uh, Man with Two Brains, Steve yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, that, that was quite a kind of little geeky touch. I love the bit in the scene, though, when obviously the TV's on. And then it's it's going into the TV. And you're sort of like, well, what's going on? And then she changes the channel. And you just see the picture of her Yeah. flash up. And you're like, whoo. As if it's just a really, like, bang. And then the TV channel changes and you don't see her anymore. Mm-hmm. And you think, what's going on? I, I love that. Yeah. I mean the um, the and obviously the first shot. I mean I think the filming at the um, Santa Cruz. Can I just add something to this? Yeah. Santa Cruz. Where where's all the vampires? I didn't see no vampires. Right. We're talking. Did you miss this? I'm gonna see. Hopefully you didn't. Um, Are they not in Santa Carla? That's no. Is, this is it? this is the thing. It was, this was <laughs> Santa Carla. You say Santa, Santa Cruz. Carla. Oh, did I? This this movie <laughs> this movie you know, it's filmed in Santa Cruz so at the beginning it's Santa Cruz where, yeah, where the world is. Yeah, but they changed name in Lost Boys Santa Carla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you notice at the start <laughs> that Bye. they were they said they're filming a movie over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously they were filming the Lost Boys. Yeah, obviously. It's fucking yeah. great now because it was. Bit, I, I missed that because it was nineteen eighty-five. So, mm. 86 is when Lost Boys come out. Is that right? But yeah, it was whatever it is, a year before, so um, in Santa Cruz. So, obviously, a film with Lost Boys. They had a great little nod to the um, to Michael Jackson with that Freddy t shirt. Yeah. yeah. Fucking great. Um, and it's just like 
but it's just full of symbolism. There was just like, oh my God, what the fuck is this movie about? Doppelgangers, obviously. So this this movie essentially, big spoilers, I suppose, um, essentially is about we underneath the, the America, America, it's not insinuated that it's the whole world. There's um a shadow, if you like, or another, a, a doppelganger version of yourself that is sort of tethered to you and is your literally your shadow. And that's, and it's so fucking weird. So it means that every single person in, in the in the US has another person mimicking what they do underground. That's right, yeah. And what the fuck? And what I didn't understand, was it an experiment? Was it supernatural? They kind of allude to that, don't they? Because there's one line where they, they said we were, she says we were put there. Yeah, humans created us yeah. to control the people above. That's what she said. So, and the the fact that the rabbits were in there, for me, alluded to genetic testing. Right, that's what they were getting out of the rabbits. I mean? They weren't just there for food then. No, because no, they I, eat. Because they said they eat. They, they eat, eat rabbit. rabbit. They eat Maybe rabbit. they were, Well, that's yeah. yeah all right. That's okay. What they eat for so they substitute were, for food. Isn't right. Because if you notice something, I noticed this. It's really weird. When this is the thing, right? I think we'll get onto this in a minute. Two things actually I want to talk about. First thing, I don't know whether this is a social thing, but I don't know if you guys noticed, but all the rabbits, there's loads and loads of white rabbits and there's only like one uh, kind of uh, brown rabbit in there. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether that's got to do with cultural issues in the world and stuff about loads of white rabbits and one brown rabbit. I personally think they did that on purpose. There was one black Mm. rabbit in there. Yeah, was it black? I think there's one black rabbit and it was focusing, drawn out of the... Yeah. Of the, the those rabbits were weird. They were very well trained. That he's got a thing for rabbits. I noticed because, like, in Get Out, he uses that song "Run Rabbit, Run Rabbit, Run Rabbit," <laughs> and he's got rabbits in this. He's de- but let's be honest, he's, he is he is definitely obviously in the two films he's done. He's definitely got a racial commentary. On oh, of course, I mean, there's yeah, no yeah. hiding behind that. It's pretty. And this film is definitely, I think, which is, is great. It's, it, I mean, us. Like, if you think about it, us, US, the United States. The symbolism in this movie is just, like, nuts. Yeah, and then there's another the, another thing, is when she the, when the dad goes to them, what the hell are you? And she turns around, she goes, we're Americans. Like, yeah. They're, they're Americans, so they are just like them. They're and American. then there was that whole t-shirt with the hands across America, and, like, the whole, that was just so balmy and bizarre. Yeah. But there was also other things. I don't. I don't. I didn't look this up. I don't yeah, know if you chaps did. The whole Jeremiah eleven eleven. I didn't look up the cert, what that meant because I'm not going nah, to look up in nah. the Bible. Would you like me to read it for you now? Yeah. Have you got go it? Yeah. I'll oh, go on and see if that actually means anything. So Jeremiah eleven eleven is therefore thus saith the Lord: Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. What the fuck does that mean? That could mean anything. So well, that, I think that basically means that the Lord's going to bring evil and you're not going to be able to run from it yeah. and I'm not actually going to be bothered when you try and ask for help. So you're just going to watch it like... To, like so essentially you've out. done this to yourself. Crack on. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's a good analogy. That's the urban Bible there. <laughs> as per Geordie Paul. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because it turns up a couple of times and on like this. The, the homeless guy's kind of bored that he's holding. There's like loads of other little bits and pieces. Black flag t shirts? Yeah, the, the. This looks like the 11 11. 
yeah. yeah um i think there's there's loads uh, uh the ambulance at the end as well there's a yeah. there's a i noticed that there's like loads of connections oh the, i love the home alone bit oh is that the the bit where he's like oh he's like we, we stay here and she's like no we need to run and he's like oh, no yeah. we'll stay here yeah. and it's like right we need to protect ourselves and he's like yeah i'll 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 build some traps like Home Alone and shit. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, um, what was it? She's saying like, if people run after me, I'm not going to waste time with you putting micro machines down. And the kids go, what's what a, a micro machine? Yeah. It's like, what's Home Alone? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That was yeah, great. That's, yeah. that's clever. I like but, that. I mean, when the doppelgangers sort of come into it, obviously there's um, there's another little. Okay, here's another little bit of symbolism. Um, so obviously the family are in um Santa Cruz. And um, visiting some friends, and they're a white family, and they're very well off. And there's obviously some clear like yeah. jealousy in terms. Of he's got a boat, and he's all get. Even though it's, it's good banter and good spirits, he's like getting his boat and stuff like that. It's like there's, keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah, of. exactly. It's just like you know, I, I want to be, I want, I want what they have, sort of thing. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it my way. Um, but when the doppelgangers sort of come into it, and you see that creepiness and stuff, and they're all wearing these orange jumpsuits and just stand there with their gold scissors it's just nuts and she sort of clicks and they just run off into the yeah, that little way thing. do you know what it like, freaks me out a bit like yeah. it freaked me out a bit the bit that freaked me out is what I thought about is it really reminded me of like a bit of Peter Pan do you know where where Peter Pan goes I can't get my shadow I can't get my shadow and Wendy has to grab it and she has to sew it back on Peter Pan. Oh yeah. That's it totally like ref- like made me think about that because they've it's the role reverse. They've got scissors. Why have they got scissors? Because they want to cut away cut from their shadow. Up. I don't know yeah. where that's a question for Jordan Peele, man. I'd love to ask him yeah. if that is an actual reference. It thanks, must be this Thanks, is... Matt. I'm never gonna be able to watch Peter Pan again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole tether into the thing they, that was like um, there throughout the movie. Yeah. The deaths in this movie were were quite were quite good, quite original. Yeah. yeah, there was just a lot of creepiness, a lot of like like you said, it was a, almost like a nod nods to strangers, hush, and all those sorts of home invasion movies, but just like a whole, whole different sort of side to it. Yeah, different. Body, type. You know, body snatch. Uh, was it invasion of the body snatcher sort of vibe yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it, it was bonkers. Uh, and then just a little I mean that that sort of voice is going to stick with you yeah it was... well she's just learned to speak hasn't she she's like she's learned I think that's what well that's what I took from her she's never spoke before yeah, and she's the one that her vocal cords didn't they try to articulate how, but about that didn't they didn't they cover that that she was strangled or something right and so, that's why her vocal cords were damaged so, so I just you... want to go balls I just want to go into it we're, still, we're doing a spoiler here yeah. so fuck a it twist okay Let's just. I, I gotta talk about. about I gotta talk about a twist. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just like you said. You saw it coming. I but... saw it coming, and I and I really hate myself for being on this right on the nose, because there's a part in it obviously where the the parents take her to a psych child psychologist, and they're like, she just won't speak, she just won't like she won't do anything, and then when they like, pan over to her as a little girl. The, the way she looked and the way she was acting, I was like, something's happened here. I didn't guess a hundred percent. I was like, I did. I was like, there's something not right about her. She's either been possessed by something or she's been switched. Or I just knew. I just knew straight. For some reason, I had a feeling in my bones, and I didn't think about it again, um, really, at all. I just thought, ah, something not right about that. Well, it does because I was watching it 
during the like obviously watching her through the film and there was a couple of bits where all of a sudden the the mother turns from being like really frightened and a bit sort of scared and you know do whatever they say and then she suddenly turns into right i'm actually gonna go and batter them yeah so when she gets out and i thought when i was watching i thought oh don't don't do it's 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 set up to be a clever horror film don't get out the car when you've just do you know what i mean it's like Mm. don't start ticking off the boxes yeah yeah yeah. it's it's not in our film but it makes pure sense there's one at the end because you think well i don't know are we we skirting around yeah we're skirting around it let's just tell it right so basically like in the santa cruz they, they switch so the doppelganger of her the main character played by Lapita Nyong'o. Thank you. Um, they ch- chokes her out, drags her down to the underground with the escalator. We- we'll talk about that in a minute. But like, and switches and becomes above ground and keep the other one keeps below ground. And the reason why she's got this terrible voice is obviously because she's been yeah. like choked she's and stuff choked, like that. Yeah. But the way they sort of positioned it, although there's little hints here and there, you don't, you d- I don't understand how so normal she is compared to all the rest of them because when she's obviously different the mum compared to the son the daughter the husband from the doppelganger perspective but then why is the wife so normal so i didn't understand so again thinking about trying to process this in like i saw this in mid day to day so trying to process it's been (laughs) like oh my brain's been on all day but um I think that's to do with, you know, the bits where she was watching the telly at the start, the TV at the start. I think it's just trying to, like, and, and that whole, um, it's normalising her. So she's young enough to now get normalised because she didn't speak, she didn't, they couldn't talk. I think that was, like, the thing is she's had all this stimulus now that she essentially is a normal, normal person. One. Whereas not she's not. Right. So it just shows that. So it's that, like, nature versus nurture type of thing. They've switched, so she's went from a normal, happy young girl into this sadistic headcase nutcase, and the other ones went from potentially being a sadistic headcase to now being actually a normal person. Yeah, because I suppose there were hints at her being the, the better dan- like a dancer and stuff. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but it was just like it was just niggling me. It's like, and obviously she, the one who got put down there, was trying to get out for all these years. And yeah sort of trying to like you know um that she could said that she could they could all tell that she was different but this whole shadowing thing do you remember that like scene the montage scene of mm. like where there are people it showed the the tethered lot against the people above ground yeah, yeah. so like roller coaster and they're eating the rabbit yeah and they're talking and and, and stuff like that and they're sh- it's basically mirroring what's happening in real time but it but it's so fucking weird because yeah. some of them are on roller coasters and watching them down. I mean, watching them and at the underground when they're not on roller coasters and they're just shaking. It's weird. This is the thing that I don't understand, right? So this is uh, we don't know where this place is, right? We don't know if it's man-made. We don't know what's happening, where they come from, but we're we're told at the start in the little blurb that you know there's millions of of, of caverns and there's millions of. Of, of like disused kind of railway stations and all this stuff underground and obviously the this these doppelgangers are mirroring what's above and they they are together they obviously are having babies together 
and they're having children and lives together. But what about all the all the hospitals and all this sort of? I, I think know, I'm I, probably thinking too much into. I it, genuinely think that that how's bit they have babies is, and he's, he 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 deliberately hasn't explained the origins of it. Yeah. Or how the technicalities of it, so people will debate it. Yeah. Exactly. And I think which is really clever because it it it. It's it, open to interpretation. Because there was like obviously well. in, in the underground tunnels, it sets it up at the start with no one knows what they're there for, and then you you cut in and it's where the rabbits are and stuff. That's a classroom, so obviously, it's some sort of growing station or some shelter or some someone's been trying to like maybe teach people or or, or trying to get them. So, I, but the whole mirroring up top, it doesn't make any sense. To try and rationalise it, it's no, just, it just yeah, happens. Yeah. So I think you, if you spend all days thinking, looking for an answer for that, you're not going to find one. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, amount of times, that, you know, I'm just trying to think about the amount of times I've been on my own doing stuff, and now there could be a person under down there doing the same, but in a different weirder way. And I thought I was the weird. I was going to say I don't no, think no. it could get any weirder. No, no. But are we the doppel? Are we the doppelganger? <laughs> I've seen thing, your search know? bar engine. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can safely say, Paul. God broke the mould when he made you. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter. Uh, aside from all the the symbolism and all the this weird tether and stuff. Can I just say, you've gone through half an hour of this without mentioning the little lad had a Jaws t-shirt on all the way through the film. <laughs> I'm amazed and ashamed, Paul. Well, yeah, the mask was fucking ears. And, <laughs> and chew bag of mask, yeah. yeah <laughs> One thing I want to bring up. It's just, there's, a, there's just like so much more to talk about than just bloody... Well, there's, there's a particular yeah, scene nuts. I want to talk about. Go on. Um, is, again, this is what, like, a li- just little bits out of the film that just, again, I, I don't know whether it's just me being so, like, engrossed in it, which is great, is the, the main character, Adelaide, which is right. the mum, if you look, if you watch it, I thought it was a bit weird. They're all eating their food, and she's just eating fruit. And then when she's at the beach, she's just drinking water. She gets offered wine and stuff like that, and I just thought that's a bit weird that she's not. Yeah, and she doesn't want to go so. back to the beach because it's that repressed memory of exactly. This is where why, I came from. I don't want to go back. Why mm. would you go back there anyway? Yeah, but she she doesn't really know. Remember, she got taken as a kid. She came into the yeah. world not knowing anything. But she knows then, because she knows because she's. Going yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying. I think from from my point of view, it was as a as a child, she wouldn't, she couldn't speak, she couldn't articulate. Her parents were like, "Look, we just want our little girl back." So then, have tried to, to have, have looked after her like a little girl. She's I learned that and grown up with this thing in the back of her mind. Because even at the end of the film, she realizes obviously. Does she realize or does she know? Well, I think she. Well, well, does she know? I exactly. think she realizes then goes, Why? "Oh yeah," but then actually thinks, "Oh well, um." The, the, see this is my I thing. generally I think f- the terror all the way through I don't think it's a I didn't get the I think this is my evil plot I all along I thought that it was a realisation at the end where no, oh yeah this is me that. but actually I'm quite fine with it because I'm alive and she's not I don't agree with that I think no? she knew the whole way through because the way she talks like she's talking to her husband and he's talking to them and she's going uh, Gabe I think his name is Gabe stop she just stops him stops him in, in this conversation and the way she's agitated all the way through the movie and she kind of knows what's going on and she kind of stays back in the foreground while the husband goes out and, and kind of challenges it. I think she knows what's going on. And and the look of fear when she sees her self is just... she. I just think she knows. I think she she knows all the way through the film. Well, the reason is... The reason that's it is just because... 
the self-preservation aspect of it, of that yeah. I'm going to swap places with you because I want to live. It's my turn to be in the sun and I don't want to be the shadow. Hmm. Then why would you put yourself in harm's way to potentially get killed? Yeah. You know what I mean? And That's why, what I mean is, why was she able to, you know, untether herself? I think the reason because of this, I think her, is it Red? Her, her doppelganger is called yeah. Red. She the way they see her is some kind of god or whatever down there because she dances in front of them. Remember the whole dance scene? Yeah, she expressed... Where they're like all kind of going congregating to her in the middle. She's kind of the one that breaks the mould essentially down there. Yeah, because she's not supposed to be down there. Yeah, and that's why they let her go because she's essentially their kind of leader. Yeah, because when, she, when she's mirroring the dance, she's actually doing the proper dance. Because mm. remember she said, do you regret not being a dancer? And she's like, yeah. Because I don't think she could quite get the dancing done that the girl, original girl could. That's right, yeah. So then she does that dance in front of them and then they're like, oh my God, Like she's like, she's not this mindless sort of monster type right. thing she's actually because she's like you said she's like going to lead us into salvation and she then she becomes she becomes then ordained into this higher position and leads them sort of out again this is a question is hang on whose hang on, idea don't... is to lead them out is it her idea and yeah what? well she said i planned and we planned yeah. so long we've been her, but that's, so long but that's the, but that's the original person not the doppelganger because the doppelganger's out already. Yeah. yeah. So the original, but by but because she's a girl. Well, for me, because she's a girl, she's been psychologically reprogrammed to be with these people because of isolation and obviously it's quite. A, they're, they're, when they go through that little corridor scene when yeah. the flashbacks happening, like the dads all zomb. It reminded me of zombies. It yeah, was like yeah. they were all zomb, and you know they were eating the well probably but, rabbit on the you yeah. know and the, the two mm. couple of feeding each other, and it's all blood around their mouths and stuff. It that environment's obviously screwed her up also, and she's after revenge because this, this, this girl's taking her place it's, it's it's a film about revenge as well because remember she says out. we're going to take our time we've waited a long time I've waited a long time for this I'm going to take my time yeah and it's it's she's been turned into this when really she you should be feeling sorry for the the doppelganger essentially you know what I mean you should be yeah, feeling sorry for the, the one that you should be stolen. feeling sorry for the mental yeah. one but you're not. You tr- you think this family's trying to save itself, or this woman's trying to save herself when she actually she's put she deserves all this type of stuff that's happened to her. Mm. It is a crazy film. Yeah, it's insane, and it's um, done really, really, really well at yeah. the box office. And it's um, going to demand repeat viewings. Yeah, you got. I've I've got I'd to love watch to the go film watch again. again. Yeah, yeah. Just, to, just to like spot other things. It's like little things, like obviously none of them like, like the Jaws talk. Music. No. Yeah. None of them, like none of them, talk either. It's really strange, isn't it? They kind of screech. Like Elizabeth, I thought Elizabeth Moss was in this. She was brilliant. Yeah, she's I great. She's fantastic. Like when What's she, she does from? that scream thing. Mad Men. Mad Men. All right, okay. Uh, Handmaiden's Tale. Oh, cool. Okay. Like, quite a few different. He's just not that into you. <laughs> Trust you to know not. <laughs> but yeah, um, and that's another thing. It's just like they can hardly talk, but. She could, and it's just like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the it's... doppelganger versions of the kids were fucking freaky. I mean, you like, we, we've been talking about this for ages now, haven't we? Yeah. All right, cool. Well, it demands, I think, it Needs demands it. that. Yeah. Needs it. You can't just have a 10 minute conversation no. about this movie. It's just like, this is why I really want to talk about because nobody that I spoke to has seen it apart from you guys so far. And I just think it's, 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 it's one of those films, it's a talking point, it's open to interpretation. 
it's so to get something like this in this day and age is like unbelievable because you think it's all been done and this ain't just homages to other films he's not ripped off anybody he's made an original story himself written this mm. directed it brought it out and it's just something so fresh and different to get people talking um, like you said great soundtrack great cinematography great script kept me entertained the whole way through and it's just so interesting you know you know what's going to happen is people are going to obviously analyze it and it's going to be used in university studies and all this kind of social stuff and and yeah they can do that but i think it's great that it's open to interpretation of down to how what you think about it so no one can tell you tell you what's the right answer even jordan peels i think come out and said that it's like it's like i can't i just can't wait for twilight zone mate Twilight Zone, and he's going to be helming the. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll Let's talk about that a little later. So we. Um... He's going to be in Toy Story Four before then. So. <laughs> Are we going to um, score this bad boy? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. What are we doing? Because oh, there's three of us, we can't all shout at the same. So, Paul, as you're the guest, you can go first. What oh, you thank do? you very much. Right. Terrified me. Amazed me. Puzzled me. And ultimately loved it. So to be honest, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten. Whoa! I am. I'm going out there. Really? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Oof. And the fact that, I, I, like you said, I've been thinking about it for about nine hours non-stop since yeah. I've watched it, trying to collect my thoughts. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. A and like 10 I said, out of 10. a horror film <laughs> that like scared the living day out of us. It really, really did. I, you know, and made me think at the end of it. And no, loved it. Ten out of ten. That's a te- okay. I mean, I'm giving it an eight. I thought it was um, style, style, stylistically amazing, and just it's made me think. Um, but I can't give it more than an eight because maybe a couple of re- rewatches. Um, but it's 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 just nice to see a fresh horror movie. Definitely. But yeah, that's ten out of ten. Brave. Okay, fair play. I think that I'm going to be a bit of a <laughs> on the fence guy here. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. This is possibly one of the best movies I've seen this year. So far. So far. Um, Only in March. I just think that he has just brought his A-game to this. And he's kept this on the back burner. And he's thought about this for so many years. His vision. His way. The way he wanted to do it. He's told a story that's unique. Looks amazing. And it's just kept me totally totally immersed in it his kind of universe for the whole time uh yeah nine out of ten for me i think but it could possibly be a 10 out of 10 in the future maybe like you said a couple of rewatches but it's definitely a firm nine for me at the moment uh bloody uh, hell some nice scores there for uh jordan peele's ass loved it so yeah draw one last breath call that you know nine out of ten then sweet you can get the call on that one well nine out of ten (laughs) Okay, now for uh, this episode's something to scream about. Last episode I picked out 
uh, we're going to be looking at our favourite 70s horror movies. Now we know 70s is out of our out of our little bit out of our comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. We talk mostly 80s, but 70s mo- 70s movies have their own very unique style and credibility that still stand up 40 years 40 years later, as we know recently with um, watching Alien. I mean, we have to take into the count of like Dawn of the Dead, Jaws, Hills of Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I Spit on Your Grave, Carrie. It's some great caliber of like movies that still today are like watchable and scare the shit out of you. I really do think about that. From personal highlight for me, obviously it's bought one of the, my favorite movies of all time. I still watch like Jaws. Fucking hell. I mean, that's like 1975. 25 years nearly like on yeah 1990 I'm doing maths good maths and it's just really hard to pick one movie I think from this era it, I found it incredibly difficult just like looking at like what was actually in there um but I think in the end I went with um had to had to be Dawn of the Dead George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead and I, I could say like I didn't really want to do Jaws, because I'm going to talk about that so many bloody times. And I'll probably, probably do a proper episode. We'll definitely do a proper episode on Dawn of Dead. But yeah. it's my favourite of the franchise. Um, it's got that great quote from like Ken Forey. Um, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. I mean, that is statement. I would love to get that tattooed on me, on, tattooed on me one <laughs> right day. Right on his forehead. Yeah, I just think that's <laughs> fucking incredible. And it's how... I mean, I'm a, I'm massive. Like zombie, the zombie genre is probably one of my favorite out of all the sort of like horror movies sort of genres. I think I've, I've been, I love zombies for fucking years and years and years, um, and I think that if, you know, I'm a fucking proper geek, and if I think about this stupid shit all the time about being in the zombie apocalypse and how would I survive? And there's only one way that I would want to survive zombie apocalypse would be in some sort of fucking big ass mall. It's the best fucking way. I mean, it's like probably the only way that you might actually survive because there's so many minties. We don't have that maybe that like you do in America. You have those big fucking malls. We have very, very sort of smaller versions of that sort of thing. I don't know, Walmart down the road is pretty big. It's fucking not compared to like the one that they've got where they can go in and get guns and ammunition. I mean, they have so much fun in this movie when you do the montage about going in going into all the different shopping bits it's and they build a fucking little home as well like away from everything they build their it's just it's just it's that moment in the franchise where it's like all right we might survive this we might survive this i think dawn of the dead though is like it's one of them where it's legacy remains to this day if you watch the walking dead like all a lot of zombie films past the dawn of the dead you know that question of how do we survive how do we just survive what would we do how would we do it what would we use where would we go comes from dawn of the dead yeah but this is the thing it's essentially not a zombie movie it's it's a survival movie but it really focuses on the human elements yeah not which is scary that's the thing it's just like that's what it focuses on that's what you find kind of strange and different that people change and real people come out of themselves and you see all the real people who they are in these situations and a lot of films grab that and walking dead has become success on that yeah. because what it does it says the zombies are always there mm. they're always going to be a pain in the ass they're, they're always going to be a problem yeah. but they're not 
the real issue. Absolutely. The yeah. real issue is the social context of or, and the breakdown of society. What happens to people when when it does break down? It's that age old thing yeah. of like Lord of the Flies kind of thing, isn't it? You know, Mad Max sort of thing. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it's just it's just great, isn't it? It's a great social commentary, especially for what it's just brilliant. It's it's like ten. It's a ten out of ten movie all day long. Oh, you spoil it now. <laughs> You know, uh, we'll, we'll do this to death, I think, at one say when we do like a Romero bloody gonna be, yeah, yeah, podcast. Okay. But this is just like five, fast period. And, you know, the remake that have come down the line, I just I still like Zack Snyder's remake as well. Yes. Yeah, 2004, I think it was. It's his vision. It's good. It but it is yeah, George A. Romero's great vision and Tom Savini's incredible makeup. <laughs> Fucking great. So, yeah, that's that's my my pick. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Over to you, mate. Right. Well, I think I'm. I'm definitely mentioned it last time I was on when you asked me about favorite horror films and stuff. So, as soon as you said it last week, seventies horror film straight away, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> because it it still it just terrifies me. It's it absolutely scares the shite out of me. No matter how many times I watch it, no matter how many times I know it's coming, it just scares the hell out of us and. I know. I, I said before, I've got does this thing about <laughs> it. Really does. I'm getting scared talking about. It. I might have to shut up. But no, it just it's just visceral. It's you know, like you said, I put myself in that position of what would I do? How could you escape this? And even when you think they're escaping, they're not escaping. Like you know, the police car pulls up. And it's like yeah, no worries, we'll take you. And I can't get past the dinner scene. I just whether I'll sat around the table just having a it just freaks us out. And like you know, I can't did it. I just, I remember, I actually have it. I actually own it on DVD. I don't own it on Blu-ray. I own it on DVD. And it's still in the cellophane wrapper, right? <laughs> because I kind of, because I, I know if I open it, I give it a little watch and it just scares me. Oh, I feel a future movie from the vault coming. <laughs> Definitely. It's just terrifying. It's, yeah, so I mean, you've got that. Why. You've got that whole, like, it's, the seventies is like the first era after the Vietnam War. So you've yeah. got these like movies that have come out um, from directors and stuff that are involved in that. And you can see some of the see if it even if it's not intentional, it, it rubs off on the movies yeah. that have come out afterwards. And you're right, it is just grim. Like the Hills of Eyes is like another one. It's just like it's toxic instead yeah. of and what you know the moodiness. The last house, last house on the left was yeah. Craven. Look at how dark and shit that was. I spit on your grave. Fucking and like hell. the film and quality wasn't always. I think it was a movement of like anyone. Well, not anyone can make a film, but it, film became a bit more sort of. Let's just shoot it on a an old camera I've got, and it just comes across. And I think that gives it its it gives a, a look of just sort of a vintage look when you look. Do you know what I mean? Like it, almost it, it's, it's filmed dirty, in eight millimeter, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's like found. It, it's like found footage before found footage was a thing. Do you know what I mean? It's it's that I f- filmed this on my old video camera. So, uh, yeah, like years ahead of its time, but yeah. Could pick that. Could Creepy. Pick. And obviously spawned one of the legend horror icons Toby of Leatherface. So. Absolutely. Leather, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Leatherface, not Toby <clears throat> Hooper, director. <laughs> <laughs> so, my pick. Um, obviously, I have the love for Dawn of the Dead as, as exactly as you do. And obviously, Alien is my actual favourite movie of the 70s but I could name those and be boring and talk about it again but I've obviously talked about that so many times before and I so 
other than that, my other fa- favorite movie of the seventies is the original Hills of Ice. Ooh, Ugh, absolutely love this movie because again, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Again, I could have picked that, but I've backed on the power too many times, and it does scare me as well. But Hills of Ice was something a little bit different uh, that I'd not really seen before. Again, is is just the whole premise of the movie. Of, of something again that's, that's like you touched on something that could actually happen of this family that just get absolutely terrorized by these kind of like what are they called like inbred mutant yeah like oh. it's sort of another thing version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. isn't it well yeah but it's but. just like it's, it, it's different because it's just like this family this whole family is at peril and it's just like the ways that they're tormented and I think when I watched it for me personally like it was just like quite horrific the way that they get attacked uh I mean some of the kills are just crazy um it's just like it's like the crowbar to the head scene and it's, it looks so real like the stuntmen did a great job or women uh like the dad gets burnt alive like literally strapped down burnt alive yeah uh the mum gets shot uh a great scene where one of the characters uh which is um michael berryman which plays pluto you know they've got the bald-headed guy that's yeah. on the front cover he gets like one of like that referee death by a dog yeah <laughs> kalina <laughs> yeah brilliant and uh there's just a scene where they grab a snake off the floor and it literally like a rattlesnake and shove it on the guy and kill him and I thought the, the kills were just so interesting. But it, it was just like, the whole movie is just savage. It's just terrorising. And it's just like, if you just broke down in the middle of nowhere, this could actually happen. It's like, obviously there's other films that spawn from it, uh, like Ron Turn, which is like totally just like it. Like Zen Bread's in the middle of nowhere. The remake's actually yeah. quite good. Yeah, the Hills of Ice remake. Yeah. Is, I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. I uh, really enjoyed just it. Just as dark. Yeah. But it's just like the main character, like thing in the chair with his head like falling off the back of it. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. It's one of those films that just it's just creepy because it's just like it's too real. It reeks of the time as well. Yeah, like like the whole nuclear testing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's that's my pick. Like that's you know I didn't want to go with the usual. Halloween, Aliens, Donna's Dead. I, I could Mate, what yeah. a fucking great era. But I, I, lo- I, love, I loved it. I thought it was great. 1977, Wes Craven, of course, as well. Uh, legend. I know, I know there's just like... Things we're missing out, the Ormond. Well, okay. Let's the Exorcist. Let's go to the... Uh, let's go to the... The tape, shall we? Um, well, let's go to Twitter first and have a look what um, some of the listeners have... Some of you guys have said. So, the Lost... The Losman at Loisman94 giving us a bit of a top 10 oh that's cool it's nice isn't it get involved Alien Phantasm Amateurville Horror Dracula The Brood that is a film that I've just literally put on my list to watch I can't believe I haven't seen that one Zombie uh, Salem's Lot When a Stranger Calls Prophecy and Taurus Trap a couple of those I ain't seen but again I still haven't seen a lot of the 70s Uh, Jaws 19 Says The Exorcist gives a nice little gif of uh, Reagan there. Fuck it, now. Oh, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> you know what she did. Um, her her podcast. 
Fucking hell. Sorry, her podcast. Huh? Podcast. There you go. That's how I'll do it. <laughs> huh? that's, that's how I'll do it in future. Huh? huh? Podcast. It said uh, Jaws, Phantasm, Taurus Trap, The Omen. I'm going to get Think Phantasm, I think, to watch. Um, he also said O, oh, but I don't know if that was. Was there, a, was there a movie called O? Yeah, yeah I think it's a vampire film. Isn't it? Oh, okay. I just I didn't have to wait. I just think so. I, I could be wrong there. Okay. Stephen Simpson at Steve07 said The Exodus, um, Dawn of Dead, Tenebra, Tenebra. I don't know if I can say Tenebrae. that. Right, thanks. Suspiria. He also said Night of the Living Dead, but I'm sorry, that's 1968. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the 70s. Broke Horror Fan at Broke Horror Fan said four of my all-time favourite movies are from the 70s Halloween Jaws Suspiria and Dawn of Dead so you know bangers bangers total bangers total bangers you got any dude no <laughs> <laughs> shall we let Geordie Paul pick out this one unless Ooh, you've got no. one off the top of your head that you'd like us to cover in, in I actually did think about this Ooh, Ooh sexy um, interesting and, um, on the plane now I know he's like 80s movies but I'm not going to pick that because that's too easy for you. So what I'd like for the next podcast is what is your favourite horror film you have seen in the past three years? So it has to come from the last so, three yeah, years. Yeah, it has to be out from the past three years. What is your hor- favourite no, horror film? ten. No, that's no, fine. three years. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Okay, three years. That sounds good to me, mate. I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to do a lot of thinking. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So, favourite horror movie from the last three years? Boom. Boom. Okay. Get on to Twitter and let us know what you, yours is. So, shall we move on? Candyman! Sweet chocolate, chocolate malt, candy, gumdrops, anything you want. You've come to the right man because I'm the candy man. Who can take a sunrise? Sprinkle it with you. Cover it with chocolate and So this week's movie from the vault was none other than the candy man. A murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a sceptic grad student researching the monster's myth. Couldn't have put it better than myself. So obviously this is the 1992 Candyman, uh, starring Virginia Madsen and uh, Tony Todd, director of Bernard Rose, written by the legendary Clive Barker. Yes. I don't know if it was adapted. Is it an adapted one? I believe it is. It yeah, was a short from a short story. Yeah. 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 But, um, fuck me. I mean, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Fucking, what did you think when re- on the rewatch? See, was, was it as good as you remember? I watched this film a long, long time ago. Like, I've probably talked about him on another podcast, but a guy down the road lived five doors down from me. said, oh, come on. I, I got my mum's rented Candyman from the, the video store. And I was like, Candyman? What's that? Like some weird kind of pedo film or something. So hang on. Somebody offered you candy and you <laughs> went round their house. He said to me there was a dog to pet. And you know what I'm like? When <laughs> Did he drive a red car? <laughs> anyway, I was a young kid then. 
And anyway, so like, I was like, Candy, man, what are you on about? Oh, it's about this murderous guy that's got a hook for a hand and stuff. And I was like, I'm in. So I ran and watched it. And I remember it being a lot, lot more scarier when I was a kid. But yeah. Um, that said, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic that there's desperate, desperate need of a reboot. Hmm. Because obviously, I'm not sure it stands up to today. I mean, 90s movies, I think, struggle in general to kind of struggle with age. There's only a few that I think you could watch mm, yeah, some today do. and still go out and do you know I mean? But I think it looks tired. Oh, what, the Candyman? I tired. think it looks tired. Yeah. And that's why I think it needs a fresh pair of eyes to kind of give it a bit of a facelift. Um, I, 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 I think she's beautiful, by the way, Virginia Madsen. Yeah. I, well, I was talking about this, about the reboot and stuff. I was like, there is... Uh, this story is so rich in content that it's there for the taking, man. It's, it could be used in so many different ways. You don't have to do a straight out-and-out beat-for-beat remake. You can just use the law from what's happened and make your entire entirely own film on this, which is cool. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the Candyman, so... Who, in your mind, mm. is the protagonist in this movie? Okay, let me reword that. Who, in your mind, is the lead in this movie? Uh, Virginia Madsen. Virginia yeah. Madsen all day, isn't it? Yeah, of course. She's the lead. Yeah. Definitely. Candyman's the sort of creepy overhang. Yeah. But she's the lead in it. It's all about... Absolutely, all, all yeah. Her. yeah. So when they cast, cast it... Who's going to be, who's, who's sort of a good... Well, nowadays? Yeah. Maker Monroe? Uh, um, possibly. Emily Blood. Hang on, though. Let's go back a little bit. Jordan Peele is directing this movie. Oh, Beyonce. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is, is it going to be with a black, black lead? I would imagine so, yeah. Why or, not? It doesn't matter, and then like, but it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, yeah. We do, but you know, are they going to change it? Because well, then, like, the lead is. Tony I do believe Todd. when the original came out, came out, there was some controversy over. They were a little bit worried how it's going to be portrayed because obviously a black man, kind of hunting down, <laughs> like a white woman. They were a little bit worried about that, but they actually went to a company to deal with all that stuff and showed them the film and said, "This is what it's about," and they were like. Ah, right, okay, we, we totally get it. Yeah, it's not really hunt that down. You're sort of trying to... Well, no, but it did, they didn't want it to be portrayed like that. That's right, what they're saying. Because yeah. people, you know what people like, they, they completely take things out of out of context. But, yeah. So this film's like, I suppose, I don't know if this is the first one, you have to correct me, but this film's like an, basically an urban myth. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. It's around an urban myth, and yeah. it's like a modern-day urban myth. Um you know, we've obviously got urban legends. It's totally made up as well. It's not from, yeah, it's not it's, derived from an old ancient. Well, thing. it could have been taken from the Isle of Bloody Mary. You've got Bloody Mary. Do you remember that when I was a kid? You did yeah, the same Bloody sort Mary of thing. five times in a mirror, turn around yeah. twice True. in a chippy. I suppose yeah. so. so it's, it's, it's sort I think of like, it's its own thing. Yeah. That's the only thing. Bloody Mary is a, is a classic urban myth. Yeah. So it's maybe an adaptation. It's not really adapt- got a story to it like adaptation. Candy, so, yeah, so Virginia Madsen's doing a thesis, isn't she? So, at, at, around this type of stuff about urban yeah. legends and myths and monsters and stuff. And then she gets wind of this story in the Chicago. Is it Chicago? Is yeah. That? yeah, Chicago yeah. Housing Projects. And she's investigating a, a woman who was killed supposedly by Candyman. 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 And then 
she's essentially trying to dispel or trying to disprove or, or is getting is very sceptical about it. And I think is it's not of, about I don't think a thesis is about proving or disproving. I think it's about understanding the myth, myths yeah, and, f- and, and finding almost, the reality behind it. Yeah, yeah. Like following that sort of direction around it. And I think Obviously, when she goes snooping around, she obviously catches the attention of the local gangbangers. That's a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the street. Um, and obviously, she gets sort of attacked by them. At one stage in the movie, she Which gets then, twatted with, yeah, a fucking, with, a, with, with a hook. hook. Yeah. The blood spray That's, in that was quite impressive. Yeah. Has the, yeah. <laughs> what? That's something like... I'll be okay in a minute, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah some great lines in this. There is, I'd say, genuinely in this movie, there are some great lines. Um, there's some great art in it in terms of like the graffiti and sort of like yeah. it's sort of re- the way it's shot. He's um, got a he's got a bit of a bonk on for architecture and yeah, straight lines and stuff. The amount of building shots and amount of square sort of roads and blocks and yeah. it, it, it's. Obviously, with the score as well, that like, dee, 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 like yeah. plinky plonky music, as the I call it, um, which was used very well in us, but um, yeah, it, it, I don't know, it's just, I don't know, if that's obviously meant to mean that's something. why it's it got, was got a bit like a Jordan, that's why it's got like having a bit of a Jordan Peele standpoint, yeah, be very fucking good, yeah. I really do think that it's it's, it's definitely due its time for a, a reboot. And as I mentioned, I'm gorgeous for Janine Madsen, is because she is stunning. Graffiti wise, I thought it was pretty cool. Quite street and urban side of things. The whole yeah, sweets for the sweet. Sweets for the sweet. Why is he called Candyman? Why isn't he called Hookman so or Bee Man? I have a theory. Gone. So obviously the the um the goes into his backstory about how he was created, how he fell in love with was back in back in the day, back in ye olden times when multicultural relationships were frowned upon. And he had like he was employed by a farmer or a landowner to draw his daughter because he was an artist. And then they fell in love and got together. And obviously the the, the dad didn't want this to happen, so then uh, they killed him. So cut off his hand. That's really why he's got paid the hook. attention, didn't you? Well, yes. Um, do you know what? Have you seen the sequels? Because it explains it more in the sequels. Oh, actually, what I was, but they cut off his hand, and then this stuff. Obviously, there's a lot of symbolism with bees in this, where bees mm. flying around. This stuff, honey into his mouth, right? So the bees... That's right, Or yeah. the cover him. I think they say the cover him in honey. Yeah. Um, but obviously, stuff it in his mouth, so bees attack him and kill him, essentially. So why not Bee Man? <laughs> and Candy Man? I think what it happens... It bee Man's your nickname, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think what, ha- what happens is the storylines evolved over the years... And I think it's something to do with kids leaving candy out for him. Is it? I think uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like... There's, there's a bit of candy... It kind of changes. There's a bit of candy and like raised blades in candy at one stage. That's what I mean. I think it's just like, like left out. It's like, you know, otherwise the candy man will get you, you know. Yeah, because the thing that strikes me about this film is it's obviously called Candyman, but he's not really in it for very long. <laughs> he isn't. I, I forgot. Think he's, in a, he's in about a total of about 14 minutes. Yeah. I forgot how little he was in it. Yeah. Um, but when he is what a character though when he leaves a mark like Tony yeah. Todd leave, he, like you can see why he's in like Final Destination you can see why he's he's been part of the um, you know the Freddy Krueger the furniture yeah. the fr- the furniture and stuff like that and he is a, a big key sort of um, uh, boogeyman he's a great yeah. boogeyman yeah yeah um, because when he kills oh my fucking god does he kill yeah 
the the psychiatrist. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the daring him to say say Candyman, Candyman. I forgot how fucking brutal that was. That bit, um, the screaming babies and like him going to town on the kid. Yeah. Is it the kid? The fucking dog head. I forgot about the dog's yeah. head. Yeah. What can I just ask you? What one did you watch? Did you watch the American theatrical one? Oh God, I'm, I had a story about this. Um, I had I had a DVD copy somewhere. I don't know where the, oh, where the right. art's gone, but I had to buy a Blu-ray, so I had no idea what I watched. Right. Okay. Why was there? What version did you watch? Because I, in my really nice Arrow package, I got those two different versions. There's a UK version, and then there was the uh, US theatrical one. We picked the US uh, uncut theatrical one. So, what so I don't you know get? what extras was in there. Well, because... we thought it was the dog head because neither of us could remember yeah, seeing the severed dog head, but obviously you've more. seen it. So there's, There seemed to be more in that scene where they pan to the bedroom and the, the cot is covered in blood. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know what and it was. she goes like. and she comes in, she attacks her, and then she chops her Maybe in the Maybe you arm. saw the same one. Yeah. But I can't remember. That was so long ago I watched it. I'd say I wouldn't be able to tell you which bits were maybe different. What the, pyre at the, e- the pyre at the end? Yeah, that's in. That's in with the and does she do does she see her all burnt and yeah yeah because that's the thing I don't understand with what, the film is that it suddenly it turns and into how did your how did yours end with her husband getting it yeah yeah I don't think that's part of a one maybe I, no. I have to look into it but yeah it, it, the, so obviously he 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 appears to it so I was I was saying this to you when we watched mm. it, it was. When they see it in the mirror, her and our research assistant friend, none of the, they don't see it uh, five times by themselves. I think she says it three times and the other girl says it twice. Therefore, he doesn't appear straight away. Right. Right. Now, that might be a technicality, but he only appears when, after she gets attacked, and all of a sudden, there's a people are stopping believing in the Candyman myth because the Candyman essentially is being caught. Yeah. And then he's like, right, I'm here to tell you, actually. I need to. I need people to fear me to exist. Because if people don't believe in me, then I can't this be also, that person. So that's when he all of a sudden starts to essentially free him out for everything. Well, this is also leads to the fact that is he, is he real? Or is he the myth? And she's gone too far down the rabbit hole and starts, I don't know, behaving in that way. Yeah. Because you get the pie at the end and you sort of see the burnt body. But do you see, is it a burnt body? You, you just don't, you don't know. There's not, it's not 100% categorical proven in that movie, yeah. maybe in the sequels, um, that they carried on and made it a franchise. But in that movie, if you took a standalone, you could kind of question... Her sanity. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And say that perhaps, perhaps Candyman is just a boogeyman and not actually there, and it's I all just, in her head. I don't think that she could split a man in two with a hook all on her own. It's not quite nice. I'm just That's thinking just about me. Fight Club, you know? She, he fights himself, you know, Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. She could see... That you are essentially just seeing what she to- wants you to see on the Tony, screen. Yeah, so. Tony yeah, Todd true. could be her Brad dies. Pitt. Yeah, yeah, true. Very true. So there's just like, it's just it did make me question it. I did kind of go, hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting. Actually, all in her head, or yeah. is it real? Yeah. And obviously, they made a franchise out of it. So can I just ask you one question, right? Go on. The baby, where the hell has it been for all that time? And how well, has it lived for that it's long? It's been in the back of that flat, through the mouth, 
graffiti, isn't it? Who's been feeding it and taking care of it? Candy she... Manny's been feeding the tweets. <laughs> those <laughs> razor blades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I because apparently weeks have passed. Hello, baby. Weeks have passed. She's, she's in, in hospital. For a she's month. In a mental hospital. She kills a couple of people, comes back out, then finds it in the bonfire. Yeah, that's why I don't know. Hmm. That's a good point. Maybe that's why the Candyman's taking care of it. Her husband moved on quick. Well, I think he was moving on at the start, wasn't he? You know who he is as well. Gregory from The Walking Dead? Yeah. Yes. Sander yes. Berkeley? Exactly. Yeah. Sander Berkeley, yeah. Been in a lot of movies, to be honest. Yeah, he always plays a creep. Yeah. He, Terminator he, 2? Uh, yeah, he's a big creep. Yeah. i got to tell you, man, this would ne- that film would never get made in this day and age, the amount of boobies were in it. Yeah, it's disappointing with like modern day horrors that they just sort of taken the booby action out of it. it there's one thing, well, the hor- for me, the horrors was always that sort of element of it. You always snuck, snuck a little nipple here and there. This was very obvious, that this movie. Because, like, yeah. literally at the end, there was his quite... girlfriend, the, the husband's girlfriend, is literally wearing a top with like the see through without a bra. I thought it was a 3D film at one point. <laughs> I really did. That's her, that's her right, Matthew. You know, they burnt bras in the 60s. That's part of told you, stop having a go at women. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't want to wear bras, they don't have to. All right? Uh, stop having a go. Uh, let's talk about that. We've got and quite a lot of female listeners. That's what let's I'm talk about that end scene. Actually, because... What, her nipples? Or... So, isn't that just before you talk about the end scene. Christ, so, this me. is what confuses me a bit. So, he... He needs... He, he obviously wants... He's put her in a position where she... Like, everyone thinks she's mental and she's trying to prove that the candy man's real and, he, you know, no one does. And then all of a sudden it turns into, right, I want to be with you. And essentially, like, you're going to be with me. It was always you, you know. But she is and now... then she appears on appears on the graffiti at the end because she's now. The he's candy like, "Stay woman. with me, yeah, stay with me." She's a candy woman, and it's as if like he's turned her into the the girl that he was painting. Sure, but then which it... is the reason he was created? Yeah, I mean, and I I just don't it just for me it didn't really start to explore that, but didn't really. Yeah. Explain at the end, but and then didn't doesn't it mean that I mean to be honest, the reason why he didn't kill her in the start is because it it, it essentially reminded him of his yeah probably but it doesn't actually it no. doesn't tell you that you just sort of have to infer that from the fact he's just grabbing but onto her on a bonfire you know what I mean did he need her to carry on the myth and the legend because now she's the candy woman maybe in order for her to be immortal and be with him forever that then she's got to turn yeah. into that type of thing so now, yeah. so now does that mean that the, her husband's girlfriend is now going to be framed for his murder and now she's going to have it all on her well, probably, yeah. yeah. yeah the guessing, cycle starts again and again and I'm again. guessing she's not in the sequel. No. Okay. Farewell to the Candyman. To be honest, I've I've seen the sequel, one of the sequels, years ago, and I can't really remember it, but the I remember it did good. delve into the, the Candyman as a slave, and a, yeah. it, it, it was a it lot to do with his past. Killed as well. Past. It's um, a big, it's got, it's, a, it's another Hellraiser sort of thing. It's got five or six... Um, I think... The set, the first two are the only ones you want to watch. Right. Don't, don't think I want to watch. <laughs> the second, no, one, the no. second one's actually all right. All I right. think you're right that what you did say at the start, Paul. Like I watched it years ago, Lamb years ago, and it was up there for me. Science of Lamb sort it, of style. It's a slow burn, though, I, isn't it? I, I, it's I can't even remember. I, I remember sitting thinking. I can't remember watching this thinking. Oh my god, that was amazing, and I really need to see this again. I think I watched it, and it sort of nonplussed me back then at the same time and it, 
really nonplussed me when mm. I watched it again. I, I was a bit remember the Candyman because possibly because of the myth. Yeah. And possibly because Tony Todd is awesome. Yeah. And so that on its own was great. The movie... Meh. It it is dated, I think. It, it is. It needs, dated. It's got so much potential, and it's quite exciting that of who is now doing it based yeah. on his this previous CV. I, so. I think you're right. What you said earlier is that this needs to be redone, um, and it's not that it could be done better, but I just think it could be done different, and it'd be more a bit more now and a bit more exciting because back then, to me personally, I think that was acceptable, and it was like this is a story. Here it is doesn't matter how slow it is to me it felt like a bit of a slow slow burn with some great scenes in it some great acting and stuff like that but yeah, it just felt like a bit of a slog to me Virginia Madsen not as good as I remember it is stunning it's about four times now I think that's that's worth mentioning cool Virginia if you're listening and uh, single um, <laughs> get in touch <laughs> I'm available on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, go on then, Matt. Let's have some Matt's facts on this, baby. Are we going to score Candyman first. Score before facts. Score before facts. I think okay. that's how we do it, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Go on, Jordy Paul. Like I said, very nonplussed about it. Um, I I just thought it was dated. It was quite slow, and I think anything that scared me previous doesn't <laughs> scare me now. Um, so I'm going to give it a five out of ten. Fair play, Matthew. I think I'll go a little bit higher. I think six out of ten for me, um, but I remember it just. I just remember it being a bit more scary when I was a kid. But yeah, like you said, I think that now it is a little bit dated. But I'm excited to see what the future holds for the Candyman. Well, because Virginia Madsen's so gorgeous. Oh God! <laughs> and um, I think because of the franchise that it bred, and the fact that everyone remembers sort of the character of Candyman it's got to be up I've given it a seven and I'm hoping like the way it could be moved on you know with the likes of Jordan Peele behind it I think you could get a fucking absolute stonker of a movie out of this sort of idea I think with the way America is at the minute as well mm. I, I think he can he can mine all that type of stuff play on that sort of fear and paranoia and the sort of like the mm. poverty line type of thing because yeah. obviously that is, you know it does show the harsh reality of like suburban living in America like, suburban, like, like the projects living sorry in America so I think like if he purge, does that like it's just kind of side you know the, yeah. like the toilet blocks made in feces should we say wasn't very nice was it but <laughs> I, no, I, I think it, if he does it well it, it'll, it'll be great and I'm sure he will cool so you want some Matt's facts you know I bloody want some Matt's facts <laughs> in your face and chest so a couple of facts here so obviously all, all real bees were used in every scene with the Candyman, which is pretty mental. Even in his mouth? Yeah. He when had, they kissed? He had a mouth guard put in the back of his mouth so they couldn't go down his throat. Um, and oh, he's they, nuts, he is. And the bees were like only like 12 hours old, apparently. So they were they didn't really have their stings developed, so they wouldn't hurt as much. Um, so That's they were much. like bred for this film. They'd never do it nowadays, how precious bees are. But um, and th- So they're all used, and they pour them all over him. Poor Tony Todd, man, he's got some balls. Um, but 
apparently he was like stung something like 23 times but there's a rumor that i read this is really interesting for every time he was stung he got a bonus of a thousand dollars every time he was stung which right. I thought, that's not bad 23 grand 23 grand yeah. extra a bonus fair play tony todd fair play yeah. good good negotiating mm, definitely definitely so it was all shot at cabrini green which is i believe in chicago was just quite a like back then in that time it was like proper gangster like obviously the projects they wanted to shoot it there um and a lot of the gang members actually come to terms and conditions with them they could shoot it there as long as they could be like extras in the movie and stuff so some of those people in the in the background and the extras that actually look like gang members like real real gang members no the one that twatted her in the head was a real gang member possibly possibly but uh, she had one really... hell of a shiner but apparently, <laughs> yeah. on the last day of shooting, one of the van uh, vans that were production vans actually got sniper shot at through the back of the window. Nobody got hurt or killed, thankfully. But that just how shows you how like this was really dangerous where they were filming and stuff like that, which is interesting. Um, Virginia Madison was you're like this, Paul, uh, hypnotized for some of the scenes by an actual real hypnotist. Because you're seeing some of the scenes, she seems like really doped up, like completely in another world kind of way. Um, but yeah, allegedly she was hypnotized to do these scenes, which wow. I thought was pretty crazy, pretty extreme. So a couple of people that were up for the roles. So we could have seen <coughs> Sandra Bullock mm. as Helen, which would be a bit weird, I think. Yeah, uh, before, but this is even funnier. Candyman could have been Eddie Murphy. Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. Candyman. Candyman, Candyman. Central chocolate. I'm quite glad they went for Tony Todd. <laughs> I'm going to fall for no banana in the tailpipe. Could you imagine how different that movie would have been? Wow. <clears throat> now, this, this is quite funny, this one. So they obviously had to have a hook made. Um, for the film, like proper real hook, like because that hook is big, and they went to a blacksmith, and uh, they got it made properly. And when they went to pick it up from the blacksmith, he had found out that it was for Clive Barker, and this blacksmith was like a proper devout Christian, and never gave them the hooks and said, "No, you're not having them. I've not found out who you're basically making this movie for, and I don't agree with it." And didn't give them the hooks. <laughs> so where did they get the hooks from? I don't know. Probably went to a hook and- shop. If anyone's got them hooks or knows the whereabouts, then please kindly donate. <laughs> and uh, the final little match, so there wasn't lots of facts on this one, but the final little fact on this was it was obviously originated from Clyde Barker's short um, story, and originally it was actually first going to be set in Liverpool. Really? Yeah, and then they moved it at the last minute to Chicago, based in Chicago. In another day, yeah. we could have been in it. Scouse Candyman. Is, is I love the fact that everyone's trying to think, can I do a Scouse Candyman yeah. accent now? <laughs> oh, no. Go on, Paul. <laughs> no, that, that's, 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 that's Geordie Candyman. Candyman, 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 Candyman. It's if you say pet five times. Pet. <laughs> I can't think of it. I'm trying uh, to think of the Scouse. Uh, no, I can't do in it. In Harry Enfield. Uh, calm down, calm down. Calm. <laughs> no, I can't do it. Brilliant. Uh, so, yeah, fuck it. There'll be letters. 
<laughs> oh, mate, that was good. Right, I want to hear what you got for um, next episode, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a movie that I've not actually ever seen, but I've always picked it up, looked at the cover and put it down. Uh, but I'm going to go with The Stuff. Oh, great. So with Larry... Yeah, okay, cool. With Larry Cohen dying, I that's, thought it was um, very that's, apt. That's quite beautiful. And we look into it and delve into it, because I've never seen it. I don't know about you. Never seen it. So I'm really looking forward to watching it. Mm. Um, I've seen lots of, uh, like, obviously, uh, screen caps this week. Yeah, and tributes. Yeah, so that. I'm yeah. actually really looking forward to it. There's some, there looks some, like some fucking cool bits in it. Yeah. It's going to be daft, maybe a little bit sort of 50s B-movie-ish. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Good pick, the stuff. We haven't discussed what we are watching on next episode of our main review. Would you like to announce it, Matthew? We are watching Pet Cemetery. Oh, the new very Steve, the latest Stephen King Pet Cemetery. It's getting with, very good reviews from what I've saw. Yeah, yeah, excited about watching uh, Pet Cemetery. It's got Matey Boy from. Everest and Terminator Genesis, what's his name? And Planet of the Apes. And Planet of the Apes, yeah. It's, the Planet it's good. So thank you very much for Your listening appearance. to this episode. <laughs> Thanks very much to Geordie Paul. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. To all my adoring fans out there, yeah. it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks for much. having me on, guys. Yeah, Thanks for us joining us again, mate. mate. It's always been a pleasure. Yeah, it, was a, it was a lovely episode last time and it's uh, been quite a funny evening as well and you guys really gonna have a, voice. <laughs> you guys are going to have a fucking great time at Walker Stalker Con very oh, very jealous so I'll just let you know so obviously next episode we're going to be reviewing Pet Cemetery. Matt's picked out a movie from the vault which is The Stuff Larry Cohen's The Stuff and Geordie Paul has uh, picked our something to scream about which again is your favourite horror film from the past three years. And I guess there's only one more thing to say. When there's no more room in hell, here's another podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. You can follow us on Twitter at DrawOneLast, Instagram at DrawOneLastBreath, or pop us an email at DrawOneLastBreathPod at Hotmail.com. <laughs>